I'm Meg Dahl, your unbreakable host. Welcome to the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Unbreakable You podcast. I'm so excited to have you back with me here this week, and I'm super excited for the conversation that we're going to have today with a return guest. So Manjiri Nedkarni, she is one of my favorites to have on the show because she really echoes my passion for talking about how to support our bodies while using the wisdom of nature. So Manjiri is actually a doctor of Ayurvedic medicine. And like I said, she has been on the show before. So if you're like, Ayurveda, what? What is this? What are you talking about? Head back to episode 23 when Manjiri joined us for the first time and we talk about what Ayurveda is. It's kind of like an Ayurveda 101 show. (laughs) We talk about the doshas, understanding your unique needs um, based on whichever dosha is most dominant in your body and just learning how to really promote balance within your life. So really just talking about Ayurveda as a whole. So if you have not yet listened to that episode, I definitely recommend going back to episode 23. But here we are already episode 96. And what I'm actually going to do is I'm going to have Manjiri join us throughout the seasons now. So right now, if you are living in North America or wherever else we're experiencing winter right now, so all of my friends out in Australia and everywhere else where you are on a different season schedule than us, well, this show won't apply to you right now, but obviously when you enter winter time where you're living, you will be already equipped with everything that you need. But right now, like I said, or if you read the title of the show, you'll know that Manjiri and I are actually talking about Ayurvedic practices that we can use to support our bodies throughout the winter months. So we talk about nourishing foods at this time, nourishing types of movements that are really supportive to the body throughout winter, and also just awesome lifestyle practices that are specific to these winter months. So I know you're going to learn a ton from this show And I'm super excited to get started, but why don't we chat about a few things before we actually dive in? So it is the end of January. It's January 29th. If you're listening to this, the day it drops. And I just want to let everyone know that it is our last call for any 
one wanting to register for the Nourished and Free Method. So if you've been wanting to become a member of the Nourished and Free Collective and also begin using doTERRA essential oils, now is the best time because not only will you be able to get a starter kit for 20% off, but you also have immediate access into the Nourished and Free Collective And we're running our live group training program called the Nourished and Free Method starting February 3rd. So excited. And it really has to do with what Manjiri and I actually talk about in today's episode. It's all about creating these healthy habits that are really supportive to your body and all about really just learning how to truly take care of yourself and making yourself a priority. So maybe you started this year wanting to make yourself a priority and then January just kind of whizzed by and you're like, okay, I still need to start prioritizing myself a little bit more, start focusing more on self-care, or maybe you are just ready to start working with me and other like-minded women. Whatever your reason may be, you are more than welcome to join us in the Nourished and Free Method. Like I said, we do start February 3rd and we'd love to have you. We already have an amazing group of women, but this week is our last call just so you get all of your essential oils, supplements, and other healthcare products on time for the program on February 3rd. So if you want to get started, all you need to do is head to megtherhn.com slash the method. And I walk you through the steps right there to get started. And like I said, these starter kits are already 20% off. So it's such a great time to get started. And once you do, just shoot me an email and we'll get you all signed up for the course. So I'm super excited for that. I feel like February is going to be such a great month of just really focusing on these routines. And I've actually been talking a lot about routine lately. I've just been loving on my morning routine. So that's really something that we also talk about throughout the program as well and support you in creating these daily routines that are actually going to make you feel so much better. So can't wait for that. But I also can't wait for you to listen to this episode. So I feel like I've been talking long enough. So let's cut over to my chat with Manjiri. And like I mentioned, she's going to be coming back every season to talk about different Ayurvedic practices that we can use for each season. So watch out for her again in the springtime. I'm excited to have her back, but let's dive into these Ayurvedic practices that we can all begin to integrate into our life during these winter months. Hey, Manjiri, welcome back to the show. You've been on, but it's been a while since we've had you on the show. So I'm super excited to have you back with us. So I'm super excited to be here. So thank you for having me. 
Of course. So the first time that you were on, we kind of gave everyone an introduction to what Ayurveda is and the different doshas, which I love talking about. But I just love Ayurveda in general and really like working with my body and also with like the wisdom of nature, right? And so that's exactly what we're going to be talking about today and really focusing on is we're in the winter months right now. And Ayurveda really follows along with the seasons, right? And there's better ways to support our bodies um, during these different seasons. So I really want to talk to you about how to support our bodies throughout the winter months. But before we get started, if you want to give a little bit of an intro about yourself to everyone, just in case we have new listeners that never met you the first time. Well, I in the shortest possible way, it's, you know, I'm a doctor of Ayurvedic medicine and Ayurvedic MD. I'm also a holistic nutritionist. And my superpower is Ayurveda. So that's what I look for when I'm doing consultations. That's what I look for, whether I'm doing allergy testing or doing anything else, because that's how my brain works. So Ayurveda is basically the science of life, um, the wisdom of life where you stay happy and healthy. And I support people be happy and healthy. So that's my introduction. Amazing. I'm all about everyone here listening to the show being and feeling happy and healthy. So, and that's really what we can bring more of into our life when we start working with our body and also working with the seasons, right? Yeah. Yeah. Seasons are extremely important. And uh, I think that's the beauty of Ayurveda that no other science talks about different seasons and maintaining your health in different seasons as much as Ayurveda does, right? No other science has ever talked about it. And of course, you're going to need a different diet every season because, you know, the environment is completely different from spring season to winter or fall. There are different forces of nature that play a big impact on your body. And that's why to maintain the environment and harmony within the body and with the external environment as well, you need to empower your body with like natural foods and that's why we're going to talk about different food choices different lifestyle choices in the winter season today perfect so does ayurveda follow all four seasons as well like winter spring summer and fall yeah so in okay. ayurvedic text we studied six seasons because in india you know or indian subcontinent there are six seasons uh, and there is a different dietary regimen described for each and every season Okay, so we're in the winter season right now then? Yeah. Okay. So we're in the winter season and what happens in the winter season is, you know, in the fall, um, there's a lot of vata aggravation. So the wind energy or the vata dosh, what we call, has been aggravated. And that's why in the winter time when the snow starts, you know, um, there's a lot of like dampness in the environment and coolness in the environment. So past the wind aggravation now comes the earthy watery kapha that starts getting accumulated in the body oh so the winter is kapha winter is kapha accumulation season okay so it's not quite aggravated so when we move towards spring when the sun start, starts melting all the snow it kind of starts melting all the kapha in the body and that's how spring allergies would start in the spring season 
right? Because of all the mucus that's been stored that starts melting because of the rising temperatures. So kapha, like this is primarily kapha accumulation season, but the beauty of winter is that this is the one season where your digestive fire is the strongest. I am so feeling that this season for sure. So I have a question. So if you start working with like your body and the seasons and integrating Ayurveda in this these winter months right now, can that prevent those spring allergies from taking place? For sure. Mm -hmm. For sure. And it will eventually eliminate as well, right? And Ayurveda is, it's a preventative science. So we have twofold objectives in Ayurveda as Ayurvedic practitioners and doctors. So the first one is to prevent any health issues. And that is why following seasonal regimens is so important, right? If you follow a seasonal regimen in fall season, you're not going to get a lot of joint aches and pains. If you follow a nice winter regimen, you're not going to be extremely congested in the springtime. If you follow a summer routine, then you're not going to be have any burning sensations or get like lots of, you know, uh, dehydration. Right. So what months do the winter season include? Because you said we're in winter right now. Yeah. So the winter, like the seasons depend on your geographic location. Right? Mm, so, okay. Um, like the actual winter, whenever it starts, so till spring, which is going to be spring solstice about mid-March is when we have like winter season in Canada. And it's really like cold and damp and there's snow everywhere where I live. I'm sure there's a lot of snow where you live as well. Yes. Um, so for certain people in Australia, it could be a totally different season right now. True. So you just follow the seasons according to your geographic location. Okay. Well, that makes a lot of sense. So most of us listening to this podcast are going to be in winter season right now, but you are going to come on the podcast throughout the other seasons and tell us how to support our bodies with the other seasons. So if we do have listeners in Australia or other warm climates, which I know we do have those listeners, so this won't apply to you right now. But when you are in your winter season, you can always come back to this episode. <laughs> yeah, for yeah, sure. Awesome. Okay, so what are some of these amazing winter practices that we can do to start supporting our bodies? So the first one is drinking warm teas, right? So anything that's warm is really going to help you uh, like create a lot of warmth in your body and combat the external cold. So it's fantastic to just keep sipping on hot water or warm water or include a lot of teas in your you know, uh, daily life because your digestion is also strongest. But what happens is when people feel really hungry, they eat a lot in this season. Like you will see people grazing all the time. <laughs> you know, especially in the winter months because it's so cold outside and you're constantly hungry. So drinking spiced teas like cinnamon tea or um, turmeric tea, that's going to help also balance the kapha which starts getting accumulated. So you're not going to have as much spring allergies. Um, when you are hungry, you also need to eat something that's a little denser, right? So having cereals is like a really bad idea at this time of the year. 
So don't go for cereals. Um, go for oatmeal instead. Like a warm porridge made out of oatmeal would be much more nourishing and satisfying than a cold cereal or granola for this season, right? Yeah, granola seems so cold and dry for the winter time. Yeah. And I still know there are some of my clients who are so habituated to having the same diet throughout the year that they don't think about, you know, switching their diets in the winter season. So having more soups, right, um, minimizing raw salads would be a good idea because you need something dense as well. And you can also cook the greens, right? So mm-hmm. they become like more easier to digest. You can add a few squashes different root vegetables, uh, beans, legumes. So anything to make your meals more hearty. Mm-hmm. And that's when you're going to feel satisfied. The other absolute favorite time or the favorite thing to do in the winter time is to have lots of ghee or clarified butter. Oh my gosh. Ghee is like my favorite thing in the world. And one of my all-time favorite breakfast items is a bowl of oatmeal like really nice thick cooked oatmeal with a big blob of ghee on it and some sea salt like I'm all about the savory oatmeal I have a recipe for that on my blog and it is so good nice I'm gonna try that recipe yeah it's so good what is one of your favorite breakfasts during the winter season my favorite breakfast is porridge, but I usually like sweeten it a little bit. I add almond milk instead of like regular milk or even I prefer coconut milk in the winter months because not just because it's creamy, but because it's also so hearty and you need more good fat. So if you compare the almond milk with coconut milk, almond milk doesn't have a lot of nutrition. You know, it's a milk replacement for people who can drink milk, but it doesn't have all those good fats that coconut milk would have. And coconut milk is much fattier, much heartier. So steel cut oats with coconut milk, a few um, raspberries, like that's my favorite mm. breakfast. And in the winter time, I'll substitute raspberries with some kind of dried fruit so I soak up some figs I'll chop those up and I'll add it to my oatmeal along with the coconut and I'll sprinkle some cinnamon on top so that's like my favorite thing that sounds amazing I feel like you and I need to do like a little swapity swap and try each other's oatmeal combinations oh yum but I'm so happy that ghee is one of the best things to have during the winter months because I am all about ghee. I also um, just load my sweet potatoes up with ghee. So good. See, and people don't realize the importance of fat or ghee. When we talk about low vitamin D, what we also have to realize is vitamin D is a fat-soluble vitamin, right? So if you don't have enough fats, you're not going to absorb vitamin D or your body's not going to make enough, you know, those conversions don't happen. So when you have lots of good fats in your diet, you also feel like really satiated, you feel nourished, you feel grounded. And because it's also such a dry season, right? So there is a little bit of vata dominance as well, because you're just coming from like vata aggravated state where there's lots of, you know, windiness in the fall. And that's kind of continues in the winter season as well, especially around, you know, Canada. So having lots of good fats is going to support your eyes. 
So for people experiencing dry eyes or dry skin or chapped lips, cracked heels, you can literally take ghee and slather it on your skin. You can, you know, apply it on your lips. You can apply it on your cracked feet. You can eat it as much as you want, and that's going to make you feel amazing. It's going to feed your uh, microbiome as well. So all those good bacteria, your soldiers, they need food as well. Um, and he's going to nourish them. Amazing. Like I said, it's like my favorite thing. It always has been, but I've been really loading up on the ghee lately. So I have a question while we're still kind of on the topic of food. So I really liked how you were saying, you know, so you can't, it's not that you can't eat salads in the winter, right? But there's ways of preparing those salads that are more supportive during these winter months. So instead of having like a very cold, raw, crunchy salad in the midst of January and February, it might be better to maybe have a warmer salad or a cooked salad and then adding like roasted squash or root vegetables on that salad, right? So toast, what about toast? How is there a way of making toast more winter appropriate? Uh, Toast is because it's a grain, right? If you make a whole grain toast, that itself is going to help you ground, but to get the benefits, you can add, you can slather it with ghee, right? And you can also have avocado on top. So you can have like an avocado toast. And avocado is another fantastic fat to have in the winter season because not a lot of people realize that avocado is loaded with good fats, but it's one of the heaviest things to digest when it comes to fat. Like coconut oil is much lighter than avocado when it comes to your digestion. So if you want love avocados and you want to load up on avocados, this is the time. Put it on your toast. You can put it on your salads, right? You can chop up some avocados and just, you know, have it with your salads. You can have it with different meals and that's going to give you those good fats as well. Yeah, I have been having avocado toast like every day. It's so good. I just had eggs with some rye toast right now for lunch. I mean, I have a late lunch today because I was working pretty much most days. So I had a snack and now I swapped it with like sort of a late lunch, early dinner. Oh, so good. I bet eggs are another great food for the winter time just because they're protein rich and a lot of healthy fats too. Yeah, eggs and even meat, Mm -hmm. right? Is if you want to have meat like this is the season because your digestion is really strong so you will digest a lot of foods and there are a lot of myths in Ayurveda that you know Ayurvedic people are supposed to be vegan but according to your dosha type you can definitely eat meat right so it's totally a personal preference and in Ayurvedic medicine you know we use food as medicine and we have prescribed certain people to eat meat because that's going to nourish them right so if you are ethically sourcing it if you have the cleaner hormone-free cuts, you know, it's going to work really well for you. Mm -hmm. I know I feel amazing. You know this about me. Um, So Manjiri and I have worked together in the past and she knows I can um, really do good with meat and proteins. I need that to ground myself, I feel like. I don't do it because being a kapha, I feel extremely grounded. So it's been a few years since I stopped eating meat or poultry completely. I have little amounts of fish and I have eggs. 
but I don't need a lot of protein for my kind of body type. Right? right. And that's why I love talking about this, because it really does highlight the fact that there's no right or wrong way of doing things. But we really do just need to understand what we need as an individual. Yeah. Okay. So do you have anything else to add about the nutrition part of things when it comes to winter? So even having like dates and figs and dried fruits, you can totally soak those, right? And uh, you can blend those with any kind of almond milk, coconut milk and have a warm beverage. So that's also Mm -hmm. one of my favorites. In the cold or flu season that we have right now, having like chai kind of, you know, uh, drinks. So you can add some turmeric, you can put some ginger, you can put cinnamon sticks, star anise and make like a chai out of it and add coconut milk and drink those because spices also have antibacterial effects. So if you look at ginger as antiviral, antibacterial, turmeric is anti-inflammatory, it's also antibacterial. So including those amazing spices also support your digestion and they also keep any bacteria or flu viruses at bay. Amazing. Wonderful. And they're like so warming to the body, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. What's your favorite spice, Meg? Oh my gosh. Probably cardamom. I love cardamom. Um, I love making, like, I feel like cardamom just warms my body up. I can have something like a cool chia pudding and add cardamom to it. And I just feel so warm. It's amazing. What about you? Cinnamon all the way. All the way. Yeah, cinnamon. I can just put cinnamon in everything. I pretty much cook my dolls with cinnamon. Any kind of rice with cinnamon stick. All my teas have cinnamon. So I'm mostly like a cinnamon girl. Cinnamon girl. So good. Yummy. I'm actually drinking a warm water with turmeric in it right now. Nice. So good. Okay, so I'm sure there goes like above and beyond the food aspect of ways we can take care of ourselves in the winter time. Yeah. So some of the Ayurvedic practices are also like oil pulling, right? Because you're, uh, I've also seen like past fall as we go into winter, a lot of my clients start experiencing TMJ, right? Like tight joints, uh, temporomandibular joint and really having jaw issues if it gets excessively cold. So oil pulling and in Ayurveda, we don't always ask you to swish the oil. You just hold it till your eyes start watering. And it can be warm sesame oil or warm coconut oil and just hold it for five minutes or so. Um, That is extremely important because that's going to help lubricate your jaw region. Um, oiling your ears. So in Ayurveda, like this is the season to oil it up, right? Abhyangas is uh, your oil massages. So taking sesame oil or even a lighter coconut oil and just oiling your body and massaging would be a really good approach, especially in Canada um, and Canadian winters. We also talk about nasal drops or nasya. So you take medicated oil and you put it in your nostrils. So you're kind of trying to oil everything at this time. Wow. Yeah, just like major moisture, right? Because it can be so dry for sure. So you said that a lot of people will experience like TMJ during this time. So why does that flare up during this time then? See, 
in canada though it's really like um damp outside we have been through water aggravations and the erratic winds and sometimes it gets really windy and the snow squalls and all that so there is still some amount of water aggravation that's carried on right mm-hmm. so you are still having a lot of windiness and now we are getting into you know because of the heavier diets that we eat the season um that's when you start accumulating the kapha but you're almost into the winter from a fall where there's a lot of vata in the environment and in your bodies as well so that's why some elements are kind of carried over from there amazing okay that makes a lot of sense all right so oil pulling i also have a question for you about oil pulling so i will do this every now and then and i feel like it's something that if you do it more often than not you kind of get i guess better at it I suppose. But obviously, I know you shouldn't be like swallowing the oil in your mouth, right? This is not something you want to do. But do you also experience kind of like that need to swallow and then your throat kind of moves to stop you from swallowing? I'm kind of used to it by now. So last year in my Facebook group, I did like a challenge of, you know, a daily routine challenge. I might run another one in the upcoming months just to get people into certain routines. So oil pulling, you're just holding it. And in the Western world, they talk about swishing it all over. But in Ayurveda, technically, you just hold it, right? You take really warm oil. You fill your entire mouth with oil. And till you hold it till your eyes are almost watering and then you would spit it out. And then you can drink a little bit of warm water or gargle with warm water if you don't want that oiliness inside. But it is like a fantastic remedy for anybody having PMJ issues. Like that works extremely well. Really? Wow. And uh, my mind is like blown that you don't have to swish it in your mouth. The swishing, because people recommend it more for like bacteria and all Mm -hmm. that. In Ayurveda, it's more like a strengthening procedure. So it's to strengthen your jaw. Really? This is this is something I'm learning with everyone else today. So this is awesome. That's why we have guests on the show, right? So we can all learn together. It's amazing. Awesome. Okay. So those are some practices. Um, I really love the oiling the body. That sounds so great. What else? So the one thing you also have to do is move your body in winter, right? So this is the time your body really needs exercise like no other time. If you want to stay, keep your caffeine balance as well, right? This is the time when all the like, um, Kapha energy starts, you know, making you feel stagnated. You don't feel like getting out of the house. There's no sun. You develop a lot of inertia. So something as simple as sun salutations work extremely well, especially for people who feel like there's lack of motivation. They don't feel like doing anything. You're catching the winter blues. So if you wake up every single morning and start with six sun salutations, that gives your entire body amazing exercise and it literally moves every single part of your body wow that's another thing um that I didn't really well I knew obviously it's important to move our bodies but out of all the times of the year 
that this is like the key time to do that, but it makes sense because kapha, right? So you'll be proud of me. I recently started a little morning movement routine. So I'm not just like sitting and hanging out all morning. Um, And it feels so good to just kind of do some gentle yoga right after I eat breakfast. I don't do well with doing like any type of movement before I eat. It's like my body just needs that food right now. Um, But anyways, I'm really happy to hear that. So sun salutations. Yeah. Good to know. And that's because there's a lack of, you know, sun. We hardly see the sun. So you're trying to harness the sun energy as well. And you're moving every single part of your body. So especially in like Canadian winters, you know, like I have a tendency to be really like, like just not do anything, you know, like be inert. And because kapha is my nature. So I would love to just sit down and just hang out by myself and not get anything done. But since I started doing sun salutations as my own practice, I've been feeling so much motivated. And the best time to do it is in the morning, right? Don't try it like usually at nighttime. Morning is the best time um, to move your body and for sun salutations especially. Oh, I love that so much. So that's great. Okay. And is there any other type of like movement that you would think about? Like, what about walking during? Walking or anything that gets your body going. You can do yoga, you can do Tai Chi, right? Mm -hmm. But try to move your joints or even just waking up every morning and just doing rotations of your joints and all, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's something very simple. You can do it at your home. You don't need to go out somewhere. Right. But it's really important to move your body because kapha also means, you know, inertness. And it can also re- result into a lot of like stagnation and stiffness if you don't move your body. Right. Yeah. So it's extremely important in the season to keep going and Um, especially when it's really windy outside and it's slushy with all the snow, nobody wants to go out. So even walking at your home, you know, you can watch any home videos or yoga videos and try to do just some exercise, some movement for your body. Right. Okay. Perfect. Love it. And there's tons of yoga videos online for sure. (laughs) Great. Yeah, so I was just going to say that for most people, they don't realize that our days are also governed by certain dominance of doshas, right? So in the morning time, if you wake up 6 to 10 is usually like the kapha time, 10 to 2 is the pitta time, and 2 to 6 is going to be the uh, kapha time. Mm-hmm or sorry, vata time in the evening. So when you look at the dosha clocks, you know, that's when you can understand that you need to exercise early morning just because it's the kapha time and you need to get your kapha moving, right? So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So six to eight, uh, six to 10 is going to be the ideal time to really get going, move your body. 10 to two is going to be the best time to have the largest meal of the day. That's good to know. Yeah. Yeah. And that's because of like that digestive fire coming from the pitta, right? Yeah. And that's also because when the sun is at the top, like your digestion is the strongest in the afternoon time, you know? Mm -hmm. So between 10 to 2, depending on where you are, like make that your biggest meal. And usually in the evening from 2 to 6, that's when vata is more dominant. 
So that's when you can go for some creative ideas or creative activities. You know, if you want to journal or if you want to just, you know, strategize something where you need your mind energy, you can definitely do that in the evening time. And going to bed early is important because after six o'clock to 10, then you go back into the kapha cycle, right? So this is like a complete cycle, which runs with doshas. So when you go and rest in the kapha time, that's when you can sleep better. And most people also struggle with sleep in the winter time. So uh, because there's no sunlight, so our body clocks are kind of, you know, skewered or they start going haywire. So lots of people also start either feeling really sluggish and then at night time they suffer from insomnia. So if you go to bed before 10 p.m. and not wait until 10 p.m., you will sleep much better. You will have much deeper sleep because as soon as you go into the 10 p.m., your pitta cycle is going to start again. (laughs) So I need some adjusting to do. (laughs) It sounds a little complex, but... Um, once like you can go online you'll get lots of charts which talk about dosha clock and when you see the clock with your own eyes you know it makes a lot of sense no I totally get it I completely understand but I'm like wow I really need to start getting to bed a little bit earlier I'm not a night owl by any means but my typical time is about 10 30 okay it would be nice to be getting into bed a little bit earlier yeah yeah, yeah, maybe by 10 would be really good. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like so into my books these days and I just keep reading and then all of a sudden it's after 10 and I'm like, I need to get to bed. So when do you typically go to bed? 9.30, 10-ish, but I'm up really early. Right. right. So- 2 to 6 a.m. is again like the Vata cycle in the morning and Almost 48 minutes before um, sunrise is what they call the time of the creator in Ayurveda. So we call it Brahma Murta. So Brahma is the creator. And that's the best time for meditation or any kind of spiritual practices. It's the best time to write anything. So my wake up time is pretty much like 4.35 o'clock. Oh, wow. Wow. I'm a really early bird. Yeah, no kidding. That's amazing, though. And I bet you have like a lot of clarity during those hours. Yeah. And if I wake up before five, I feel like really energized. If my body goes into the kapha cycle of six o'clock, then I start feeling really sluggish. Mm, Okay. It's something I've learned about my body. So for my own body, I have to wake up early. You have to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And it probably has to do also maybe with you being kapha dominant, do you think? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. So being kapha dominant, like the kapha time at 6 a.m. to 10 a.m., you know, like if I don't move my body in the morning, I start feeling extremely sluggish. Mm-hmm. So my exercise is during the kapha time when I have the maximum strength. And once I get my exercise done in the morning, I'm good for the day. Amazing. That's so great. We've learned so many practices to help support our bodies throughout the winter months. So do you have anything else to add? I know you've given us a lot to work with. 
So just try to embrace your body, right? See, because we've talked about a lot of things and people often get overwhelmed, you know, with lots of information. So pick one practice and do it consistently. Mm -hmm. So if you plan to just wake up early, do that consistently. If you plan to do oil pulling, do it consistently. Whether it's sun salutations, maybe start with four if you if six is too much for you, but do it every single day and then build on it, right? Mm-hmm. And we're also into the new year, right? So it's just like a month into the new year. So this is the time to set up routines. This is the time to really support your body. And if you set up routines, you know, your body gets used to the times of the day and it, it there's just better flow of your energy there's better flow of your mind um your body would work fantastically if you just take some time to set up the routine so start simple start slow start wherever is easiest for you don't complicate it with too many things you know ayurveda is extremely simple it's one of the simplest most applicable sciences ever but people often you know start confusing themselves with so many foreign terms and trying to do this and that so one thing at a time take it start with it and then you can layer on different things Mm -hmm. oh gosh I love that so much and yeah Ayurveda I think to so many people can be so like abstract and complicated and just overwhelming but it's just something that has always come so intuitively to me and I mean, you know so much more about it than I do, obviously, but I've always had a really good grasp on like, I don't know, just the doshas and like how to kind of balance things out because it really is just kind of like opposites, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's like you have to balance the opposites. And I think for you, because your whole journey has been about understanding your body and yourself really well. And that's what Ayurveda is all about, right? It's the science of understanding your life, yourself. And that's why you've kind of mastered it without learning to. That makes sense. So, and like I said before, that's why we have you on the show to talk about this. So I'm super excited to have you back, Manjiri. Um, Is there anything else you want to leave our listeners with today? Um, No, thank you all for listening. And if you want to find me, Uh, You can go to my website. There'll be a lot more information about Ayurveda. Uh, So manjirinarkani.com is my website. So you can find lots of, you know, information Ayurveda related there. If you have any questions, feel free to contact me and I'll be more than happy to help your health journeys. Yeah, Manjiri is amazing. We will have all of her links linked up in the show notes below. Thank you so much for coming on. And then I guess we will see you back here in the spring, won't we? Yes, for sure. Okay, awesome. Thanks again for coming on. You're most welcome. Thank you.